Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the 1871 podcast. And on tonight's episode, we're bringing you our preview for Saturday's game against Burnley. And Johnny and I will complete our countdown of our all-time favourite Reading players. And then on tomorrow evening's episode, it's our 106th episode. So we'll be taking a look back on the 106 season for our 106th episode. And then on Sunday, we'll be doing a special episode marking the 40th anniversary of the proposed merger with Oxford United back in 1983. So that's all coming up on the 1871 podcast. Um, and before we finish our countdown of our favourite Reading players, let's look ahead, Johnny, to Saturday's game against Burnley. Um, and my first question to you is, what do you think Noel Hunt has been working on with the players this week? I think more confidence and belief. You know, the, the mental side of the game for them, I think, is clearly where we need to improve. Um Get the belief back amongst the squad. You know, play players in the right positions. Um, have a plan. Have a backup plan. Um, yeah, really, really get into their heads. You know, forget forget what's happened. Look forward, and, and you know, regardless of Burnley, top of the league, and whatever, you're at home. It's it's a new start. It's nil nil kickoff. Nothing to lose. You know, and that's that's how you got to look at it. Yeah, and and it's. Like you say, it's against Burnley, in at the deep end, but it's a home game. The next game's a home game against Luton as well. So I think, you know, going in at the deep end like that, um, obviously he's been involved with the club previously. He's been promoted internally, if you like. But I think I think Burnley first up, you know, the champions are let really yeah. uh, at home. I, I think that's a, a good thing. We're kind of not, you know, expected to win, be fantastic to to get at least a point from that game, and like you said, you know, maybe stop them uh, breaking the record, which might happen anyway. But it'd be nice to sort of put a dent in that. And I think just we we'd like to see on Saturday just some something different, something a bit more positive, really, wouldn't we? Regard almost regardless of the result, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. I think you, want, you know, so you want to see the team, you know, go for it, um, you know, attack and 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 play off the front foot and start the game with with some energy and get the crowd going because there should be a good crowd there. I think because they've got you know a lot of youngsters in, so it's a perfect opportunity to get the crowd on board. You know, hopefully fans won't be going on oh, you know about what's happened. It's about what's going to happen on Saturday and what's going to happen in the next five games. And it's a chance to get behind Noel and, and the team, and and really give them the that extra player. Which I think you know over the years when Reading have you know had that in the crowd, that thirteenth man, twelfth man, we want to call it, that get, just gets the players going. And if we have that on Saturday from the kickoff, that will give those players a real massive boost, um, you know. And then football is a strange game. It, just because Burnley are top, 
you know, we could have beaten them earlier on in the season. We could again, you know, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, they've got nothing to fear. Yeah, and you know, they drew nil nil with Blackpool, didn't they, last month? And and I think you're, I think you're right. I, I kind of would expect a more positive atmosphere in in the crowd. I think it was a relief, you know, what happened with with Paul Ince getting sacked because. There are still people who think he should have stayed till the end of the season and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. And that's that's fine. But I think now we've kind of got that hope has um, been elevated that we've got a chance now of staying up. And, and that game on, on Saturday against Burnley, it's a chance for some positivity. And let, let's see what happens with, with the result. But at least if we see something a bit more positive, hopefully the, the crowd... Yeah. It will be more positive. Hopefully, that will lift the players, and and it just feels like okay, we're starting now. We've got this mini league of five games to go. We've got a chance of staying up, so let's give it everything we've got, and let's start with some positivity on Saturday. Yeah, let's, let's, no uh, regrets. Yeah, and let's uh, like you say, just look forward. Um, so let's uh, recap on the current standings at the bottom. So you've got Rotherham at the kind of top of the mini league, if you like, of the relegation threatened team. So Rotherham have got 45 points. Um, they've got one more game. So they're on 40 games. They've got six left. Um, and then you've got Huddersfield and QPR on 43, Cardiff on 42, Reading on 41. And then below Reading, Blackpool and Wigan have got 35 and 34 respectively. So it's two points between Huddersfield, QPR, Cardiff and Reading. So five games to to go, 15 points to play for. Um, you know, QPR are having a terrible run. So, um, it's. I mean, there's two two games coming up for everyone over the next few few days. So this time next week, there'll only be three games to go. So yeah. but let's let's have a look at the the games coming up on on Saturday and next week that that affect the teams at the bottom, including Reading. Um, so Saturday's game. Uh, this will be an interesting one. It's the early kickoff, twelve thirty kickoff. Sheffield United at home to Cardiff. Um, so obviously, you know, we'll be cheering for a team in red, won't we? Uh, Sheffield yeah. United, that one. Uh, and then, of course, Reading against Burnley, QPR against Coventry, Swansea home to Huddersfield, uh, Rotherham home to Luton, and Blackpool against Wigan, which is kind of. Now it's sort of neither here nor there, really. Blackpool and Wigan, is it? You'd think not. I and mean, the other games, again, you know, you can look at them and see that. It, oh, yeah, they, they should win because they're at home. But yeah, the league doesn't work like that. So it's going to be one of those. I think where you know Saturday it'll be one thing. After Wednesday it could be something else. And then yeah. you, you know any team thinks, oh yeah, we've got to win the draw. We're on. Then you know you could let lose the game. And you're back in it again because. You know, there's going to be some 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 results that nobody's going to predict. Yeah. Um, amongst those games, you know, and that's what makes it exciting if you're a neutral. <laughs> well, who would have predicted at the end of the season? <laughs> Not for us. Um, yeah, I mean, who who would have predicted at the begot uh, the the start of the season, the beginning of the season that um, you know QPR would be where they are now? I mean, they they were they were flying at, at the start of the season and now they're in serious danger of, of getting relegated as are Reading, of course. Yeah. Remember um, that, they were, they were, I think we were fighting against, that game we played against them and it was first to be second, wasn't it, back in October, I think it was. Yeah, who, I think whoever won that game would have would have gone top. Yeah. 
The and we were top for two minutes and then we lost two. Like <laughs> well, look, there's there's some big games coming up on, on Tuesday and Wednesday featuring all the all the bottom teams in the championship. So on Tuesday, Rotherham home to Burnley, Huddersfield away to Sunderland, Blackpool home to West Brom and Wigan away to Stoke. And then on Wednesday, three big games, not just for Reading, Reading home to Luton, but also QPR home to Norwich and Cardiff away to Watford. So um, the next few days are really key for Reading and, and obviously the other teams as well, Johnny. And and you have to say, looking at those fixtures, two tough away games for Cardiff. QPR have got two difficult games as well and they're on a terrible run of form. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we could be out of the relegation zone you know, th- this time next week especially if Noel Hunt can give some confidence to the Reading players, I think. Yeah, like, you know, if, if, if in a dream world, if we could get four points in the next two games, would be, you know, you know, if we can get, you know, obviously I'd love to get six points, but, you know, you get a draw against Burnley on Saturday and everyone goes, that's a decent result. And then yeah. you've got a bit of momentum, a bit of confidence for Luton. You know, there, you know every team that's around the playoffs or around the relegation zone, it's going to be a tough game. You're not going to get easy games. But you think then, okay, we've got, you know, there's a bit of belief back in the team, hopefully. And then, you know, that that momentum, that's what you need at this stage of the, the season. If you could start, you know, get that starting off the first game, confidence for the next one. Yeah. Forget the away record for, that we've had. This, this, you know, this is one, two away games left now, but it's new two away games with a new approach, new yeah. team. Yeah, you know. and it's, it's, a, it's almost a mini league between four teams. So you've mm. got... Two points separating Huddersfield, QPR, Cardiff and Reading. Obviously, Huddersfield going well. Um, you know, that's not relegation form that they're on at the, at the moment. Probably the, the other three teams, including Reading, are in a bit of a bad run of form. So, you know, two two games coming up over, over the next week. Um, two points between those four teams. So, um, let's have a look at, uh, at the form. And obviously, very contrasting form between Reading and and Burnley, um, of course. So Reading have three points from their last eight games, um, even though we said let's not look back. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so Reading, three points from their last eight games with three draws and five defeats. And contrast that with Burnley's 18 points in the last eight games. Um, so they've had three draws, but instead of five defeats, they've had five wins in the other five games. Um, they've won their last two games. Excuse me. Um, so Burnley have won the last two against Middlesbrough and Sheffield United. Um, although Blackpool did hold them to a nil-nil draw last month, um, and and they drew at Millwall, uh, one all as well. Um, but Burnley haven't lost in the league since the five-two defeat at Sheffield United on November the fifth. Um, they've only lost. Two games all season, although both of those were away from home. And since that defeat against Sheffield United in November, they've won 16 games and drawn four, although they have drawn four of their last 10 games. And obviously the away form, that's where they've been dropping points. Um, And they've actually, of the last four away games, they've uh, drawn two of them. So that includes the the nil nil draw against Blackpool. So if look, if Blackpool can get a nil nil draw against Burnley, then Reading can get at least a point. Yeah, why not? It's doable. 
Uh, and there is a possibility that Burnley could clinch the title on Saturday if they beat Reading and Sheffield United don't beat Cardiff. Um, and at the moment, in terms of the, the 106 record for, for Reading, it's still a Football League record. Obviously, Man United in the Premier League um, beat that particular record, but 106 is still the Football League record. So Burnley at the moment can get 108 points if they win their remaining six games. So a draw against Reading on Saturday would mean they can only equal Reading's 106 record. But a Reading win will mean that they can only get to 105 points, even if they won their last five games. So motivation. Yeah. So I don't think that'd be the main motivation, but obviously it'd be nice if we do that. So look, let's talk a little bit about Burnley. We obviously focus on on Reading, but um, you know, looking at at Burnley and their scorers, that they've got quite a few players that have got you know, five, six goals, that sort of thing. Uh, Nathan Teller is obviously a danger man. He's got 19 goals, their top scorer. Um, I would say Ashley Barnes, you know, he's probably in a way a little bit like Andy Carroll for us. He's, he gets, you know, gets a few goals, but causes, you know, he's going to cause defences problems, isn't he? And and then yeah. and then you've got Goodmanson got two against Sheffield United, albeit it was against 10 men after the keeper got sent off. Um, and I think one of their danger men is Josh Brownhill, I would say. He's got six goals plus 10 assists from midfield. So um, probably, I mean, we need to look out for everyone, really. And uh, hopefully the the concentration in, in defence is there. I mean, what, what, what do you think, apart from confidence, Johnny, and, and going into the game with a positive mindset and the fans getting behind the team... What do you think Reading might need to do tactically to stop Burnley and and the sort of players that I've mentioned? Uh, Burnley, you know, Burnley got you know they've got creativity, they've got depth. You know, and the, and a few games, you know, where they've they've changed it and brought players on, has changed the game. You know, because they've got that ability to do that. You know, with a good squad. Um, I, I guess you know, to me, it's like what not what the opposition can do. It's like let's look at what we can do, and I think that's probably what Ince is. Mindset seems to have been like the last, you know, let's set up to hopefully draw the game and, and, and nullify the opposition rather than go, well, actually, let's look at the credit. Let's look at what we've got as a team. You know, we've got Jow. If you can get Jow working well, he's, you know, he's a, he's a quality player on the day. Obviously, Carroll's got his strengths as a different type of forward. <clears throat> but you've got, you know, yeah, we, you haven't got the depth. You know, you're missing guys at Junior Hoy who's, you know, is a kind of a creative player, you know, we, the the limits that we have, he's, you know, he's been very successful for us. But you've got Nestor Guinness-Walker, who, who, you know, he going forward, he, he takes on people, he causes problems, which we don't, you know, the game, amount of games I've watched, we don't put the defenders on the back foot. You know, we don't, we don't go at players, we don't scare them, you know, it's lumping the ball in, it's, it's very easy to defend as a defender when the ball's in front of you. When you know you've got guys being turned, you know, watch other teams in the championship, and they're they're, they're going. At, no defender likes that, and we've got to find a way of you know. You've got Aziz, you've got Guinness Walker, you've got two guys that are quick that can run. You know, we haven't tried it. I'm not saying that you know I've got no Hunt's tactic book, but let's do different than what anyone's expecting us to do. You know, that's we've got an opportunity. 
with young players on the bench that you know might start, for instance, you know, it, it's it's a chance to 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 wipe the slate clean and and to, to, to like we say a five game season. So believe you know mentally wise that you know you good players. I you know I feel that the, the squad's been just run down by Ince's negativity over the last however long. And they're not going out there believing that they can win the game. So, you know, that's obviously, you know, a psychological thing from Hunt and the, the backroom staff to change that. It's a short time. But, you know, these guys are good players. As you, we've sort of talked about with Warnock, you know, at Huddersfield, he had the same squad that the previous manager had that was struggling. He's turned into a, a winning. So it's not just, oh, we need different players. We need that. You can do that with the right mindset and belief and building up the players and saying, yes, you're a good player. You can do this. It's simple. Yeah, and I think if, if you look at someone like Andy Carroll, what, what he's achieved in, in his career, um, you know, he's, he's had a fantastic career. And, and yes, he's, you know, coming to the end of his career now, you would think. But he's got an opportunity here. It's the, the shackles are off. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he's got a chance if he starts, obviously, or comes on a sub. Um, and I'm going to ask you about that in a second, Johnny. But, you know, somebody like Andy Carroll, he's still got those attributes that he had. Obviously, he's not, I don't know, not as quick or whatever, but um, he can still sort of pop up and find find you a goal. Oh, you know, yeah. you find the right position. You, you don't you don't have to have the legs to get in the right position and, and use a, a bit of guile to, you know, find some space. Um, but you're right, it's got a come from wide, really, rather than just hoof the ball up front to him. But I think this is a really big opportunity on Saturday for Andy Carroll to kind of not prove himself, but show again what he can do. Um, So my question to you is, do you expect him to start, Andy Carroll? If If they start him, they have to play differently. We can't keep, you know, I don't, I'm not sure him and Jao work un, under what Ince has done. You know, Hunt might, might work a different way. Under how it's done with Ince, Jao and Carroll aren't a good combination up front. Um, you know. Well, they haven't been. They, you, no. you, know, look, you look at them and they're two different players. Yeah. And you look at them and you think, because Jao was top scorer, wasn't he, a few seasons? Was it last, two, last, or three, two, two or three years. seasons ago? Yeah. With 22 goals. Yeah, he's a good good player. Andy Carroll's had a fantastic career. Those two could work really well together. Um, and I, I'm rubbish at accents, so I'm not going to do the Irish accent. But I can imagine Noel Hunt going in to training this week and just taking players aside one by one and just saying to Andy Carroll in his Irish accent, which I can't do, you know, you're a good, you know, good player. Go out, enjoy yourself, express yourself, show it. And, and yes, there's got to be the the strategy to win the game and the tactics and, and all that sort of thing. But um, let's have some enjoyment back because the, the reason every professional footballer starts is because they've got a love of football. So go out and show that on Saturday. So I, I think he'll be having a word with Andy Carroll and saying, look, you're our you're our main man here. You you with with you, if you have a good game, um, 
we got a chance of winning this game. I, I think it'll be all positive from from Noel Hunt, and that's really what we want, isn't it? Yeah, like, you know, it, it's just finding a, a way of making it work, you know, and, and and if it isn't working, change it. And like that's you know, that is again another criticism of Vince. You know, it was very predictable when the substitutions were very late. You know, the younger players weren't given the chance till you know the Preston game. We actually, put Kelvin on early and he scored. It's great yeah. for his confidence, you know. Yeah. But now, who's that, Johnny? Yeah, you know, no, no, no I'm not going to fall for it again. Um, but yeah, like you know, can you know use guys like Carroll, his experience of football to to help the team. You know, his knowledge of the game. He knows against. He's played against Premier League players like you know, the, you know Burnley. You know that have come down. Get into his head. Get to Jowell's head. Hope you know. Hopefully, Mate's going to be fit because he's another one that can cause problems. You know, Aziz could go, you know, and obviously defensively wise, we need to be, you know, that that's another big problem that we've had is that, you know, the amount of set pieces and everything else that we can see, he needs to get that defensive setup working better and unorganised and decide whatever the setup of the team. I, I don't see that playing this five at the back, three at the back, I, I I just it just sets out negativity. If Hunt plays it and he plays it a different way and gets it working, we're limited with what we got central midfield wise with Hendrick and Fauna and Loom. You know, we haven't got a John Swift or a Darren Kasky, you know, that can ping a pass 30 yards, but it's what it is. So find a way of making it work. And I'm sure Noel Hunt, you know, he'd be chomping at the bit to prove himself for his own ability, you know, for his own role as the manager. And that enthusiasm that we've seen in the podcast will rub off on the players because he'll believe in them and he'll get them wanting to go out there to be pride, the pride of wearing the shirt for Reading, the pride of possibly destroying the chances of Burnley getting the record. You know, he's got a lot of things that can motivate those players to to do different. And if we, if we, if we still don't win, but we go, geez, we had to go at them today. God, you know, you go, yeah. Fair play, and then go. Okay, we've got Luton next. Let's give them a go. Yeah, um, just a thought while I was listening to you talk there, Johnny. Um, we, I don't think Noel Hunt signed on as a player, but that would be interesting. He could probably do a job, couldn't he? <laughs> I'm sure he'd delighted. He'd be chomping the bit to get up, wouldn't he? Um, but no, I think he, you know, he's, you know, he's he's passionate and he, and he's. Enthusiasm will rub off on that team, you know, and that's what he's, we need. He's done well, hasn't he? He's done well with the under 23s. Yeah, he has. And he, and he, you know, as he said, I think, you know, when he spoke to us, you know, he's believed there's three or four players there that were first team players. Um, yeah, I might see one or two new players in the squad. Possibly, the possibly. You know, he knows that group of players very well. And, and if he thinks they're good enough to perform, good luck to him, you know. And, and, and if they, they're young players, they've got a chance on the big stage, you know, it. It's great, you know, why not? And the other thing is, if one of those new players comes in and the Reading fans haven't seen him, then certainly the the Burnley scouting team or whatever, they haven't seen him either. Yeah. Um, and so they won't, you know, they won't know how to handle him because no one's seen him. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you, Scott Dan started the last game, didn't he, on Monday? Yeah. Um. Obviously, we don't know what the formation is going to be at this stage, but given Burnley's capabilities going forward and all the goals they've scored, and you know, we mentioned the the front players and um, Josh Brownhill, you know, 
assists and goals from midfield. Um, would you be concerned if Scott Dan started again? I think it's, it's, it's who's available again. You know, Holmes went off injured, I think, on, on the Preston game. Um, maybe Andy Carroll might play centre-back. There he goes. <laughs> Match him up with <laughs> He could do a job because he's a great defender, you know, you know for set pieces. For us. But it is really down to who's available. And again, you know, um, Nelson Abbey, I think, you know, is a young player that's done well for the under-23s, 21s. Okay. Can, I stop, can I stop you there, Johnny? So what, you, what you're saying is that It'd be Andy Carroll coming in for Scott Down at the back, and then maybe Noel Hunt signing on as a player this week and starting up front. Yeah, so, well, you said something different, and I think that's quite yeah, different. That would, I don't think we're a bet on it happening, but um, and, and we're gonna and we're gonna sign uh, Leroy Lisa in in time to make a return as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Jo- joking Curran, aside, yeah. yeah, joking aside. Uh, well, who, who knows? It's not. The yeah, I, I think Steve Walsh used to play at the at the back, didn't he? he was as yeah, good yeah. at the back as he was up front. For for Leicester, but like, the thing yeah. with Dan, you've got leadership, you know, and he's a, yep. he's been Experience. a yes, yeah, you know, and you're going to need that. This so, and then you're going to have the guys around him um, that he's got to leave, and you know, Lumley, who I think, you know, despite where we are, has had a very decent season as, as keeper. Yeah. You know, the, the match on Monday, Lumley, do you think? Yeah, and like you know, yes, he, he's had a couple of mistakes, a couple of games, but I, I think he's he's been, you know, in a team that struggled, he's been consistently, you know. Um, performing and you know again you know he we all need the players to stand up and show the pride for the club and that's all we ask as fans you just want to see some pride and you want to see some battle and you want to see somebody you know revving up the fans even you know getting the players you know getting up to the fans and come on let's get into them and that will get the fans going you know and that's it's what almost, we need. it's almost like the the atmosphere you think could be like that you know, optimistic atmosphere you get for the first game of the season is possibly yeah. be a little bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, like we're only two points off where we could be. You know, we're not, if we were six points behind, you're going, okay, every game is going to be a must-win game. But Saturday's not a must-win. It, it's a, you know, we need to be still in with a chance. Even going, if we're in with a chance of two points with the last game of the season, we need to win to stay up. That would I'll take that at this five game to go stage. That's what happens, you know, and that's where it, it's going to be an up and down ride. But you think, right, let's, let's just go for it. We've got nothing to lose because we've already well, thought look, we're going. Yeah, look to get out of the relegation zone, and, and Cardiff have got that game in hand, which I think is the game against Rotherham. Well, yeah, um, but obviously games in hand don't count as much at the bottom because the teams at the bottom are there because they're not winning. Do, do you know what I mean? So. Um, so yes, it is a factor, but chances are Cardiff might lose that game in hand. Don't know, but look, Reading are only one point behind Cardiff. So if they go above Cardiff over the next two games, they'll be out of the relegation zone. Only two points behind QPR and Huddersfield, and QPR and Cardiff. Two difficult games coming up. So Cardiff away to Sheffield United on Saturday. That's the early kickoff. Um, away to Watford on Wednesday. Um, and, and QPR, they're playing Coventry and Norwich. Yeah. So the way QPR are going, I mean, they'd be doing quite well to get a point out of those two games. But then they could go and win both of them. That's how yeah, bizarre. You know, that's, it's just so so difficult to pick. And I think that's what, you know, Noel Hunt's got to do is focus on what we do 
as a team. Yeah, exactly. We can only control, can only control no, complete, the games. Completely agree with you. And and look, let's let's finish that section our preview to the Burnley game just by saying, you know, really wish Noel and all of the team, the players, the best of luck, and hopefully the crowd will bring some positive energy as well. So yeah. let's uh, let's let's hope for for something positive, some fight. Um, let's let's see something positive from the Red and players on on Saturday, and that's kind of at this stage. Uh, obviously, we need we need points wherever we can get them. But as long as we see some fight and some positivity, then we've got something to work with for the remaining yeah. four games, haven't we? Absolutely. All right. So um, that's uh, that's our look ahead to the Burnley game on on Saturday, um, and now it's time to complete our countdown of our 25 favourite Reading players. And we're going to start with a recap of who is on our list from 25 down to six. And then Johnny and I will reveal who our top five favourite Reading players are. And just to stress, this this is our favourite. So it's not the, what we think is the, the greatest Reading 11, because um, mine would certainly look different. It's just just our favourite players over, over the years. Uh, and we're going to mention a few that, that didn't quite make it. But... <laughs> Let's have a recap. So this is part of um, our Top 100 series. So we started this on our 100th episode. So we're doing a, a Reading FC Top 100, which will also include things like our favourite seasons, our favourite goals, etc. Um, so I'll make a start with this, Johnny. Here are the players who, I've, who I have included in my Top 25 favourite Reading players so far. So at number 25, I had Gary Westwood, 24, Colin Bailey, 23, Andy Rogers, 22, Paul Cannaville, 21, Keith McPherson, 20, Darius Dovchek, 19, Steve Wood, 18, Jamie Curiton, 17, Stuart Bevan, 16, Kevin Doyle, 15, Keith Curl, 14, Steve Richardson, 13, Terry Herlock. Uh, 12, Stuart Lovell. 11, Shaka Hislop. Number 10 was Dean Horrocks. 9, Paul Holsgrove. Number 8, Jerry Williams. My number 7, Phil Parkinson. And 6 was Kevin Bremner. So, Johnny, can you give us a recap of your 25 to 6 of your favourite Reading players? Yeah, so 25 is Frank Kirby, 24 Adam Federici, 23 Ivor Ingemarsson, 22 Gary Peters, 21 Jimmy Quinn, 20 Aidy Williams, 19 Kerry Dixon, 18 Phil Parkinson, 17 Jan Kermigan, 16 Anthony Rouget, 15 Adam Latondra, 14 Martin Hicks, 13 Jody McEnough, 12 Darius Dovchek, 11 Dean Horrocks, 10 Jamie Curitan, 9 Graham Murty, 8 Trevor Senior, seven Shane Long, and number six Michael Jules. So that's only actually four players that have made it onto both lists so far. <laughs> I, think, I think that's about to change. And actually, <laughs> we had um, we had a few more um, in the la- later stages of that. So we so um, Darius Dovchet, Dean Horrocks, Jamie Curitan, they were my 12, 11, and ten. They were also on your list. And actually, I had Dean Horrocks at. at um, 11 and you had him at um, sorry I had him at number 10 and you had him at number 11 mm. so um, almost the same 
So that's uh, 25 to 6 of our favourite Reading players in our countdown. And before we reveal our top five Reading players, um, just wanted to mention a few of the players who just missed out on my top 25 favourite Reading players. So you had the likes of Jason Roberts. I mean, when I when I first saw him play for Reading, uh, I was just like, wow, we've actually got a player like this. He was just great, great to watch. Um, Graham Murty, you've, you've mentioned him already. He didn't quite make my 25. Steve Francis, Reading goalkeeper. Um, and I don't know if you remember the game, Johnny, where Steve Francis, it was at Elm Park and he got concussed. I don't know mm. what happened, whether he was it was a corner or something, and I think he got a whack on the head. Um, and then play was up the other end. Can't remember who they're playing. And Steve Francis started diving around on his own in, in his goal. Do you remember? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Yeah. That's what he wants. <laughs> um, so, so he he didn't quite make it. I mean, I I put Shaka Hislop in in there. Yeah, he took over, didn't he? He was next along after Steve Francis. Uh, and funnily enough, the following season. Uh, Reading went to Huddersfield, didn't know when Steve Francis was playing, yeah. and they won 3 0. Um, so, also just missing out for me, Steve Moran. Uh, he was very kind. We we had, I don't know if you ever remember, Johnny, there was um, a, a little nightclub just outside Henley called Benson's. So, my, I used to play for a Sunday football team, and we had our kind of end of season do at Benson's in Henley. Um, where they have the Rewind Festival now. Anyway. Um, and Steve Moran came and presented the Player of the Year Award. So that was really nice. Of oh, him. There you go. That's not <laughs> a good player. Um, and we've had players like um, Trevor Morley. Uh, the list goes on and on. Oh, AD um, Williams didn't make it onto my 25. And John Salarco as well. Uh, but, the, but the thing is, um, you've got to leave somebody out to put one of them in. So, you know, my a lot of my favourite players go back to the record-breaking roars in the 80s. Uh, and uh, and look, to be honest, I could have had anyone from the 106 team, anyone from Brian, Brian McDermott's title team, yeah. anyone from the Mark McGee team, you know, other players from the record-breaking Royals, um, anyone from the Simog Cup winning team, um, or anyone from that team that got promoted um, at Brentford, thanks to the Jamie Curitan goal. Jamie Curitan, yeah. my top 25. Um, and I think it's probably worth mentioning that I didn't really become a proper fan until 1985. So that's why the likes of Kerry Dixon, Steve Death and Robin Friday uh, are not on my list because I didn't, you know, I did go to watch some Reading games before that, but I didn't really become a proper Reading fan until 85. So the record-breaking roars was my my first season as a proper Reading fan. Um, and actually, I was living in Dubai during the 106 season and Reading's first season in the Premier League. So I only got to see a handful of those games live when I came back to England. But luckily, we did get all the Premier League games on TV in Dubai. So I did get to see most of Reading's games in the first season in the Premier League. And I did get to see a few live games when I I was back in England. So I think I saw three games, uh, West Ham, West Brom and Wigan, I think it might have been. Um, and I've got a feeling Reading won all three games. So they beat West Ham 6-0. I think that was yeah. on. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Premier League, um, I think. So, uh, yeah. So that's a few of the players that missed out on my list. Um, Johnny, what about you? Were there any players who... Who you wanted to put in, but oh, geez, they give me good, like you say, you could put oh, how many 
<clears throat> I, you know, some of the ones that um, for me, obviously, there's a bit of an obsession with goalkeepers is, is part of my thing. So Shaka is often Marcus Hanneman, um, two of my favourite keepers as well. Um, they didn't make it in, huh? They didn't no, make it. In. No. Wow. That's no, just me. No, no, I know, but it's 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 you know different things for different reasons, and you go. Yeah. It, it's so hard to narrow it down to, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and then Neil Webb, class class yeah. player again. He was one I think because he went on to do stuff after he left Reading, and it put kind of Reading in the spotlight. And then um, kind of three, two two others that for different Jimmy Kebe and Bobby Convey. I just love watching wingers. I think you know, like Steve Copper was as a player. You know, proper wingers that just go at players and create opportunities and God, we'd love one of them on Saturday, you know, that, that yeah. kind of player. And the other one for his energy, which I just, he was underrated, even though he had Sid, Sidwell alongside him, James Harper. I just, yeah. like his, yeah. his, you know, he really was the energy in that, like Park he was, you know, it, at his age, it, he just never stopped running and it was... Yeah, I, I could have put any of those players yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and, and people might think, why have I got Colin Bailey and why have I got Gary Westwood in? But as I say, you know, that the record-breaking Royal season, it was just a really like, a fantastic time to be a Reading fan. My, my yeah. first season as a Reading fan. So, you know, I've got very fond memories of that team and those players. So the likes of, you know, Andy Rogers, Kevin Bremner, Dean Horrocks, Trevor Senior, Michael Jilks, the list goes on. So... Look, here, here we go then, our, our top five Reading players. Um, so we're going to take it in turns again. So I'll do my five, you do your number five, Johnny, and so yeah. on. Um, so at number five on my list, and we've had him as a guest on the mm-hmm. podcast, it's Simon Osborne. I knew he'd get there somewhere. <laughs> so Simon Osborne joined Reading in the summer of 94, and he was a, a key part of the success, I would say, of, of that 94-95 team, even though, you know, ended in heartbreak, um, finished second in what is now the championship, would have gone up automatically any other season. Um, he only played for Reading for one season, made 39 appearances, got a few goals from midfield. But he, he was a brilliant midfielder, absolute class, very clever player, brilliant to watch. Um, and... and I don't think we actually had another player quite like him until Steve Sidwell. Mm. I I can't think of anyone else who was quite like Simon Osborne because he was, you know, absolute class in midfield. He wasn't like Phil Parkinson, you know, that kind of midfield hard man sort of thing. Um, He he was like real quality in the midfield for, for Reading. Um, and only only that one season, but you know he he made such a big impression on me as a Reading fan. So Simon Osborne is my number five. Um, Johnny, how about you? Who's your number five? I've gone for another similar kind of player, um, one of my favourites. And and to be honest, I think he kept Reading up from going down to League Two. Uh, Darren Caskey. Um, season he scored twenty odd goals. I guess. The yeah. I guess five. you. I guess you have Simon yeah. Osborne. What Caskey was going to be mine. Um, I, you know, I just love watching him play. I, I, his vision, you know, was I'm I'm real at times. So, you know, probably in a better team. You know, you've done a lot more. But uh, I think you know when we were really struggling that season. Um, I think Pardew came in. Um, you know, we were on the way. We were on the way out. When Martin Allen came in with him and. 
Cassie went and scored 20 odd goals that season, which, you know, then was the kind of next season we got the, the playoffs, next season we got promoted. You know, if, if we hadn't stayed up that season, where would we be now? Do you know that? It's a small kind of part of a history that I think sometimes gets a bit forgotten. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's another player who could have easily been in that top 25. Martin Butler, another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the list the list goes on, really. I mean, we could have. Yeah. We, we, where where do you draw the line? Is it a top fifty? Is it a top hundred? It, it, it would have taken a bit more kind of time, <laughs> but top twenty five and mention a few that missed out. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Jason Jason Roberts is another one. It's like, well, okay, well, who am I going to leave out? <laughs> yeah, Jason Roberts. You know, he didn't make it into my twenty five, but he could have been in the top ten. It's just one of those. Yeah. You know, it's just personal choice, isn't it? Like everyone has a, has a yeah. different reasons and why you like watching a player. Yeah. I just yeah. love Kasky's Kasky's squeaky voice. You know, the, yeah. he gets the ball, um, but his free kicks, yeah. the set pieces were second to none. You know, some of the free kicks he scored. Imagine, us. imagine if Darren Kasky and Steve Richards had been playing in the same team. Yeah. Uh, it would have been like there'd been helium balloons in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was. You know, it was a, it was a pleasure to watch. You know, in a team that wasn't great. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, especially as early yeah. years. At the more, I think there's probably a lot more players that are left out than than actually got into my top 10. Nice, oh, geez, you, you can stop, you can save 100 players, and you'd be going, I'll still leave someone out for 100. The good, the good thing is, we are doing our top five favorite Reading seasons, so you get an opportunity then to mention. Yeah, we'll, we'll cover everyone else that we've not put in yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Give, it, give them a mention. So, um, but, so that's your your number five. Yeah. Uh, moving on to my number four now um, was on your list already. Martin Hicks. So, um, and I'm a bit, you know, I admit I'm a bit biased towards the the eighties Reading team, um, record breaking roars, Simon Cup final, all that, uh, and then the, the mid nineties team as well. So those players feature very heavily in my top twenty five. And Martin Hicks is my number four. Reading's all-time top appearance maker with 603 appearances, I think it was. Um, joined Reading in 1978, played for Reading for 13 seasons across three decades, uh, 78 to um, 91, I think it was. Um, he was part of the Red Inside that went 1,103 minutes without conceding a goal in 1979 as Reading went on to win the Division 4 title. And that's still a Football League um, record. Uh, and it included 11 games without conceding for Reading. And they went almost five months without conceding a goal because uh, it included the summer when they weren't playing. Um and he was the last Reading captain to lift a trophy in a cup competition for Reading in 1988 as uh, Reading beat Luton to win the Simod Cup at Wembley. Um, player of the season in 1989-90. Um, not the quickest player, but without doubt, a club legend. Um, yeah. And, you know, he, he, was, he was always going to be in my kind of at the top end of my favourite list of Reading players, that's for sure. Yeah, absolute leader. Yeah, so uh, Martin Hicks is my number four. How about you, Johnny? Um, I, we've had him on the podcast and Kevin Doyle. I just, I think 
you know, in, in the, the era of football, for a lad to come over from Ireland, nobody's ever heard of, to come in, the, the, the highlights, and just take to, take to the game, take to the league like that as he did, um, was unreal. You know, it, it just, you know, sometimes players take a while to adjust to a level of football. You know, he's come from the League of Ireland to play in the Championship, but he just straight in and, and, and he just... He's one of those just natural footballers that you just enjoyed watching, and 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 again because he was nobody played against him before, you know, over in, in the UK it was like a, a breath of fresh air, and he just brought something that, to that team, and you know, in the Premier League as well, you know, it was probably his only doubt. He probably wasn't selfish enough as a striker, I think. Yeah, towards the end. Like, uh, again, we we mentioned it about um, who was it, Dean Horrocks? I sort of mm. described him as fitting somewhere in between a number nine and number 10. And he, he Kevin Doyle was a bit like that, wasn't he? He was sort of, uh, you know, he, he was a striker, but obviously Reading had that that front three, um, al- although it was it tended to be two from three because one was out injured. Yeah. Whoever it was who'd been injured came back in and then another one of them got injured. So they went on rotation and, and Reading were quite lucky in that respect. But I think Steve Koppel said that, he kind of anticipated Kevin Doyle being, um, you know, not not necessarily always first choice, but because mm. of the way that, that things went in that season and, you know, one of the other strikers being injured, uh, when he was available, invariably he started and, yeah, fantastic player. He's, he's on my list a bit further down. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's, in, in terms of favourite players, he, he will be on uh, a lot of... Uh, um, favorite playlist for Reading fans, that's that's for sure. So look, that's uh, we've counted down from twenty-five to four. So now we come to our top three favorite Reading players of all time. This is going to be interesting. So I'm going to start, and I think from hearing your list so far, Johnny, and also the players that missed out, I'll be very, very, very surprised if my number three is not in your top three as well. And I think the player in question might have a word with you about it. It is, of course, Dylan Kerr is my number three. Do uh, you know what? He's my number three as well. Well, there you go. <laughs> there, we go. there you go. So... Only because I like living. He, he would, he would, <laughs> yeah, he, he would kind of expect both of us to say he's he's our number one. But look... Number three for for both of us. So I'll, I'll say my bit about Dylan, and and then you can. And this could be this could take a while, but I think judging Dylan as a player and watching him as a player and and that entertainment factor and what he brought to to that team in the mid nineties, yeah, absolutely brilliant player. And we're not yes, of course we like Dylan, and he's a co-host on the podcast, and he's got a great personality, all of that stuff, uh, and you know. Um, and we love him as a person as well as a player, but just as a player, he came in and it's like you it's like you've gone in from a um a hot room outside and you just get a, a whoosh of fresh air hits you. He was he was like that. He had such a such an impact obviously on the pitch and off the pitch, but a te- a, a, an attacking left back um he wasn't the greatest defender, actually, but so exciting to watch. Always wanted to get forward. You know, him and Michael Jilks on that left. 
And he was like quite often wanting to get beyond Michael Jilks and, you know, player of the season in his first season in 93-94 during Reading's title winning season. A huge personality. And I'm sure that had a positive impact on the team. Um, made more than 100 appearances, scored five goals, in, including that brilliant goal he did. I think it was against Stoke. He did the one-two with Stuart Lovell and then he curled it into the, the far corner. Um, you can find that one on YouTube. I think it might have been a, in a game against Stoke. And then he yeah, he ran to the crowd and he pulled his shirt over his head. Um, just like if we had a top top 25 list of Reading characters, he would probably be number one for me, I think. Um, so I'm sure he's going to be pleased. He Actually, he's going to be disappointed that he was only number three. But um, what, what do you want to say about Dylan and why is he your number three, Johnny? Uh, aside from the football part, um, you know, he's been very supportive around a lot of stuff, mental health stuff um, done over the last few years. And he's always put his hand up and always helped out. Um, and a unique love of 80s music that I've got in common with him. Um, you know, okay. and it's, 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 not, it's not every day you get to spend time speaking to someone, you know, one of your heroes. Um, we're very lucky to and very honoured to. But it, it, you know, on the pitch, watch any, any left back always looks different to the rest of the team. Just they have it like you know, Ian Hart was the same. It's just like they have a wand and they just glide up the pitch. You know, it's 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 a uh, you know, but such a, a creative position when you've got good players. But Dylan, play, you know, he played with a smile on his face and he's like he says enthusiasm. Um, you know, some of the stuff you heard off the pitch. That went on at the time, but you know, character. Like you say, it's characters that make teams. Um, you know, we've spoken to a lot of different characters, and Dylan's character is very different to the rest. But that that you know, you can see it is the manager with him. You know, he has that same enthusiasm, that same self belief. It's infectious, and it rubs off on others. And you can't not believe in what he's doing because, well, he. he give you a slap or something probably but he wouldn't but he's, he, he he has that way you know and that's you know yeah you're kind of drawn to him because his energy you know and his energy lifts the room you know and he's always got time for everyone and he's always got time to talk you know and you know, as a player you know absolute class in that season you know and the heartbreak that he had of not being in the playoff final as he said must have been horrific and I'd never you know, that must be one of the toughest things. But he went on from Reading to do to do very well as well. So, you know, and yeah, um, and like you say, infectious personality. And whether it's a player or now as a head coach, he's got some sort of. It's almost like he's got some magic dust that he sprinkles because, you know, back in the playing days, um, he was just a brilliant player to watch. So entertaining, so exciting. The energy. Um, and those runs from left back and <clears throat> got forward so much. Yeah. And, and you think of sort of old fashioned fullbacks. Yeah. Um, as never scoring, but he, he wanted to score every game, really. But let's be fair. Um, and, and you look at, I mean, he's succeeded as a, as a player. Uh, and you look at what he's done as a head coach since 2017. He's won seven trophies, two league titles. I think he won like a treble or a quadruple or something in Kenya, won back-to-back titles in Kenya. Um, 
seven seven trophies since 2017 that he's won. He's also got a really good reputation, similar to what Neil Warnock's done and what he's doing with Huddersfield. Um, so he's taken over four teams in the South African Premier Division relegation zone, kept them all up. Um, so he's come in uh, with Marumo Gallants in January, bottom of the, the table, um, having won two games all season. They win their next four games. Um, they qualify for the quarterfinals of Africa's equivalent of the Europa League um, as South Africa's sole representatives because in that competition, the CAFCON Cup, um, they include cup winners and that team won the cup the previous season. So that's why they're in that. Um, and Marumo Gallants, bottom of the table in January, takes over, win the next four games. And now they're off the bottom of the table. And then if they win the next um, the next game, because we're recording it before it happens. So even though this is out on Thursday, they played last night. If they won that game, they'll be out of the relegation zone, not just off the bottom of the table. Yeah. So I genuinely think, not just because we know him, not just because he's a co-host, but if you look at his track record, I mean, people like Mark Warburton, Carl Robinson <laughs> getting a mention as the next permanent manager. Why Why isn't Dylan Kerr even in consideration for that? Look at what he's achieved in three different countries. And okay, you could say it's only Vietnam and Kenya and South Africa, but doesn't that in a way make it more difficult? To- different, different um different uh, rules, different ways over there. There's a lot of different circumstances to being in the English football, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and a, lot like- of, a lot of people would like to see him come in. And, you know, a lot of people want, want Murty as the next manager. Um, and obviously, let, let's focus on, on the next five games. But He deserves a charge somewhere. He deserves a charge, not, yeah. In the, English, in the English pyramid or whatever you want to call it, whether it's League One, League Two. I, I think he. I don't think he'd actually care. I think he, he just wants the challenge to prove. Yeah, even if it, even if it's national league, even if it's Slough Town yeah. in National League South or whatever, he he would do it. And he doesn't. He can't do any more to prove himself in in Africa and Asia. He's done it already. You know, like yeah. I said, seven seven trophies he's won since 2017. Kept four sides up. Got a chance of keeping a fifth side. That you know. All four of the sides he's taken over in the relegation zone. They've all stayed up. He is uh, our version of Neil Warnock, isn't he? He's our version of Neil Warnock, yeah, but <laughs> much nicer personality, yeah. <laughs> so look, um, we said uh, we might focus a bit on Dylan Kerr and, and deservedly he's in our top three. Um, so that's the first one where we've got the same position. Dean Horrocks was pretty nice. close. Um, 11 and 10, wasn't it? 11 for you, 10 for me. And uh, yeah, Dylan Kerr, number three on my list, number three on Johnny's list. So coming to our top two now, uh, my number two um, has already been on your list, Johnny. It's Trevor Senior, uh, one of my absolute all-time Reading heroes. I mean, you you imagine my first kind of season as a, a fully-fledged Reading fan, um, watching him score all those goals. You know, was wasn't the... He's, he kind of did for Reading what, what Erling Haaland yeah. does for Man City now. Um, you know, wasn't the greatest player. I think a lot of those goals were from about two yards out, but he got a lot of them. Um, 
So he joined Reading in 1983, uh, went on to make 362 appearances and scored 190 goals. So that's not up to Erling Han- Haaland's standards, but um, 190 in 362 appearances is pretty phenomenal, nevertheless. Um, he was player of the season in 1988-1989, and he was top scorer for Reading in seven seasons. And what happened, he was top top scorer, I think, four seasons in a row, and then he went away, played for Watford, played for Middlesbrough, um, I think he helped Middlesbrough get promotion, didn't he? he scored in the playoffs, yeah. something like that. And then he came back to Reading and he was top scorer the next three seasons. Um, he got 41 goals in the 83-84 season. Um, the only player that's come close since then is Jimmy Quinn, who got 40 um, in that team that got promoted in the 90s, just before missing out on going up to the Premier League. Um so, 41 goals in 83-84. Um, he helped Reading to two promotions, including 31 goals in the 85-86 Division Three title season. I think the best way to sum up Trevor Senior is goal machine. Yeah, definitely. That's it. So, we've uh, we've already spoken about Trevor Senior twice because he's on your list as well. So, yeah. who is your number two, Johnny? Uh, this, this, one, this one is, uh, again, you know, for a kid growing up, um, the story from my, my family is Robin Friday. It, it, uh, my dad used to go out drinking with that team. And, you know, as a young kid, the stories I heard of my brothers went to watch. I, I was too young to watch at the time. But what it made me was it made me a Reading fan. And wherever I lived, you know, different parts of England when I was a kid, you know, that was my identity, uh, Robin Friday. Um, and just... A different time of football again, and to you know, I think, I think I said before, like my dad came home and wanted his socks after a, a, a night out. And it, you know, it, it meant a lot to me. You know, I'm sure you know people that actually saw him play regularly, and uh, but it just to me, it was part of my my childhood to be. Uh, you know, we've got this. Yeah, and I'm going. We've got what like this long head. <laughs> uh, you know, and a player that. As well, who was a class player in a different era? The stories, the personality, still lives on, however many years yeah. later. And yeah. and I think it, you know, for a, a little club like Reading that we were in those days, as such, it was. We've got this. We've got Robin Friday, and you know, yeah. and, and I think people go, oh, Robin Friday. I was like, it, the the story, the, the player is one thing on the pitch, the off the pitch, and you know, and the stories of my brother told me and my dad and you're going wow <laughs> how did he play football so it's the two things together people remember him for both because he was brilliant yeah. on the pitch he was brilliant off the pitch wasn't he yeah you know, it was like a sort of rock star off the rock star lifestyle off the pitch you could say yeah they just yeah so they, like, that's me you know that's that's my my number two and i and i um he's not on my list so Kerry dixon's not on my list um, for the same reason, just because, you know, I may have seen them them play in Reading games because I did go and watch Reading. My dad was, mm. was in the press box covering games. So I occasionally went to games when I wasn't really, you know, I think I mentioned at the start of Series 2, there's an article and my dad was being interviewed and he said, um, uh, oh, Mark seems a bit more interested in fishing than football. <laughs> and at the time, that was, that was accurate. And then I... 
And then I went along and I just got hooked that record breaking start to the season 13 yeah. games. And that was me done. Like yeah. I'm a Reading fan forever after that. <laughs> um, and obviously you have your favourite seasons and, and we'll come yeah. to but, but you talked about identity and it reminded me actually of a story. Um, I went uh, went on a boy's holiday to Tenerife. Uh, I, won't, I won't tell you all the stories. I'll, I'll, <laughs> um, I'll keep it in context with what we're doing here. And um, I, I got I got chatting to a girl as you do, and um, and I think you know the conversation went along the lines of oh what do you do? I said oh, I'm a I'm a footballer, and um, she said oh oh what, what's your name? And I said Martin Hicks. I don't know why I did that. But, uh, <laughs> so, did it work? Uh, no, because we were talking. I think we were talking <laughs> about or something. But no, I I don't know why I said that, but. Um, no, I think, you know, probably if I was going to ever play for Reading, which would have never happened, um, you know, I, I was, you know, I'm very tall. Um, so the the player that I'm most like out of that Reading team was probably Martin Hicks. Um, but I did... Things, when I, the things you learn on this podcast. That's it. When <laughs> I was playing Sunday football, I, I was... my my. Um, my great granddad was uh, was a striker. Um, still got the record for most goals in a season for Southall. Actually, there you go. Um, played for them nineteen, ten, nineteen, eleven, something like that. Still, still got the record. Most goals in a season. Got fifty odd goals, I think it was. Um, so I fancied myself as a bit of a striker. So I played Sunday league football, but um, I think my my highest kind of uh, level I got to was about. Division. I played for Robert Darvel in. I played one game in Division Three of the Reading Sunday League. I think it was, and that's about as high as I got. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, that was my Martin Hicks story. So look, um, we've done our uh, number three, which is Dylan Kerr for both of us. Number two uh, for me, Trevor Senior, and for you, Robin Friday. I, I, I think I know who your number one is. You might have guessed who my number one is. So I'll go, I'll keep in sequence. Uh, my number one is on your list. You can probably work it out, Johnny. It's Michael Jilks, and it's the absolute obvious choice for me. Um, just kind of typified, really, everything that made me a Reading fan. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he joined Reading in 1984, just before I got into... <clears throat> Following Reading, um, he made 486 appearances. He scored 52 goals, and he was a brilliant player to watch. Brilliant winger, lightning quick, so exciting to watch. Um, and you could, and when he made those runs down the wing, you could just hear the the crowd at Elm Park that roar, yeah. and that was part of the excitement with it. And and I think you know, with that in mind, one of the best memories. Certainly for me and, and probably for a lot of Reading fans, you know, who have been Reading fans since the 80s or, or before then, um, is probably watching Michael Jokes bombing down the wing in front of the South Bank at Elm Park. Yeah. Uh, and there was there was something about those midweek games under floodlights as well. And um, and he had a song, didn't he? Run, 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 Jokesy. <laughs> So, you know, an absolute hero, my all-time favourite Reading player. Um, And I think it's the same for for a lot of other Reading fans as well who go back that far. 
Um, so my all-time favourite Reading player is Michael Jilks. And uh, I've worked out who yours is, Johnny, so it won't come as a surprise. Oh, it's uh, going to be interesting. Okay. Yeah. So uh, tell us your number one. Um, well, we had his daughter on the show, Steve Death. Yeah, yeah that's who I thought it was. Yeah, you did. Okay, fair play to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, and the reason... That's what he, yeah, he made me want to be a goalkeeper. Uh, because in those days, goalies didn't have to be six foot six. <laughs> and he certainly wasn't. Um, was five seven or something, wasn't he? Some, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very short. But like when you see him play, like as a, as a, you know, as a kid growing up, um, just didn't care. He just got stuck in, put his body on the line, um, and showed you had to be brave as a keeper. And, and then obviously the, the record that he had, that, that you know, how many minutes uh, without a goal um, to, to play for as long as he did. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, he didn't play at the highest level, but any goalkeeper that plays any level completely mad anyway. So yeah, to play in those, you know, the, the condition, you know, the pitches in those days are different. You know, strikers could get away with a lot more, and he was brave. And and, and he know. did. He did use to wear gloves, did he? I, he didn't for a long time. I don't know if he did towards the end. He certainly didn't. Um, yeah, he was just <laughs> wipe the wipe the hands out on the shirt and get on with it. Um, I guess we spoke to spoke to his daughter in first series, didn't we? Um, yeah. And the memories that she had oh, about her dad, it. yeah. Um, and again, you know, uh, that that kind of you know the longevity of a of a player to play for Reading that long, you know. And he was, yeah, you know, again, a keeper that didn't make huge amounts of mistakes. He was a leader. I think he was kind of one of the quieter. From from yeah. the, the conversation was that he wasn't he wasn't there wasn't allowed, but he did what he did and and led by being a goalie. <laughs> that's, yeah, and, that's... That, and that record that record still stands, doesn't it, as a football league record? One yeah, yeah, one hundred three minutes. Yeah, um, um, the title winning season in nineteen seventy nine, still a football mm. league record. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you know if I'd have been a Reading fan going back further. Um, you know, Robin Friday, Steve Death, I'm sure would have been at the yeah. top of my list, but I didn't include them because I didn't, you know, I may well have seen them playing in games, but as I say, I didn't really become a Reading fan until, yeah. you know, the mid, mid 80s. Um, so that's why they're not in my list, same as uh, Kerry Dixon. Uh, Mark White was, a, was another one. I think he just was finishing yeah. in for Reading. Um, and it, it is about era, isn't it? Like, you know, if you have a lot yeah. of young people listening that are 20 years old, they're going, who are these yeah. people that we're talking about? <laughs> Colin Bailey. Yeah. But Steve Richardson, I mean, you know, he's one of my all-time favourite Reading players. He, he won Player of the Season twice. He was mm-hmm. sort of like a forerunner to um, to Dylan, really, in that yeah. left-back role. He's more, much more defensive than, than Dylan. But he was quick and... You know, he he was always going to be on my list, no question. Jerry Williams as as well. That you know, just remember that he got the first goal of the record-breaking Royals yeah. season. Yeah. The, the header, the one nil first game. It's, it's like you say, it's like when when your time as a fan begins or whatever. Yeah. It depends what and like, then what it's important. So the the difficulty for me is I then wanted to get players from the mid nineties team that yeah. didn't win. Yeah. And so when when you've got all those 
players that you included going back to the 80s and then you've also got some from the 90s you know you got 25 there's not <laughs> yeah and then and I'm thinking about you know you mentioned Gary Peters as well um and Jason Roberts but then if I put Jason Roberts in who do I take out because this is our favorite players yeah it's personal to us and yeah. you know so for me personally Colin Bailey, Gary Westwood, Andy Rogers, three of my favourite Reading players. So I've got to leave one of those out to get Jason Roberts in. Yeah. And I, I think it's also to do with what what those players mean to you personally. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it's not about it's saying the favourite. It's connected with your it's connected with your memories. So yeah. one of my you know my uh, it's going to be no surprise that that record breaking Royal season is in my top five seasons. Um, uh, and and that's a, a really happy memory, really happy time for me as a as a Reading fan. But look, so let, let's we we did our before we did our top fives, we did our um, recap of uh, the the countdown from twenty six to uh, sorry twenty five to six. So I read out my top five um, from five to one, and then Johnny, if you do the same. Yeah. So number five for me on my list of favourite Reading players is Simon Osborne. Number four, Martin Hicks, who I once pretended to be. Uh, number three, Dylan Kerr, my lord. Um, number two, Trevor Senior. And number one, Michael Jilks. So that was my top five. Johnny, um, just yeah. a reminder of your top five. Yeah, so it's Darren, Darren Caspi, Super, Super Cask, number five. Kevin Doyle, number four. Same number three, Dylan Kerr. Yeah. Um, number two, Robin Friday. And my favourite player would have been Steve F. Yeah. I thought you would have had Steve Sidwell on your list. I must admit, but you, like I said, you he was one. Ibrahim Asonko, the... Shorey. Yeah, I th- yeah. Like I think it's it's players that I you, you, I, say, I enjoy watching all of them. But like, there's some like sometimes you watch players that you know another one that be totally probably not named Brynjolf Gnarlson. I love yeah. watching him play for Reading because he just he just did. What he did, you know, he, he didn't. He played in various positions, you know, kind of as a utility player. But every time he did, he put in the effort. But was an yeah. unsung hero, you know. You, you got a lot of players like that. People probably forget throughout the years that you know they not have yeah. played two hundred games for them, but they were part of a team or you know that that just made things tick. You know, Mick Gooding. You could say the same about him. Could it be yeah. Guys that were the engine of a team, Parky was that. You know, we could go on forever about different players, but I think it's, you know, that's the beauty of it. Like, you know, it's 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 memories. It's it's looking back and 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 for different times. Yeah, you know, we're not and we're not we're not looking at the best time for Reading. A lot of these players, you know, weren't didn't win Premier Leagues and you know, but they were part of our growing up and part of our well, Keith Cole, isn't it? Keith Cole is one for me, and I think it was a lot to do with his his pace as a central defender. Mm, so it's yeah. like you talk about, um, you know, Darius Dovchek, uh, Keith Curl, um, Shaka Hislop, and they came in and they sort of elevated that particular position. And mm. Jason Roberts is another one made a, a big impact on me, even though he didn't get into my twenty five. Um, uh, and and it's the you know the impression they they had on you and and Keith Curl yes won the Simon Cup but Reading got relegated that season it wasn't mm. 
yeah. you know, was wasn't a great season. The Simar Cup was obviously went to all the games, um, you know, and there were some some great games at Elm Park on on the way. I think we beat Coventry in the semi final, didn't yeah. we? Anyway, we're going to talk reason. about that, but yeah, for for you as well, Darren Kasky, um, that wasn't a, a great season for for Reading, but a great player within that team, and you know, and there's lo- there's loads of other. You think about all the players that we haven't even mentioned, Pavel yeah. Pobrebniak, and you know, <laughs> uh, neither neither of us even mentioned Glenn Little, did we? I mean. No, yeah. no, again, but like it's it's what you're saying, your favourite position. Like, you know, my mum's obviously goalkeeper. So. That's why that's why I was surprised like, that you because Shaka Hislop wasn't on your twenty five. Marcus Hanneman wasn't on your twenty five. And yeah, uh, yeah. You know But again, like you know, again you know, like we said, it's not just about the playing part. For me, it's about the bit personal thing as well, personal yeah, stuff well, for me that, that brings uh, you know, you know, we could say you know your, your best twenty five or your personal twenty five or or you know yeah. your best twenty. It's it's the kind of stuff that that you know it makes it, it's not always just because he scored a two hundred goals. I'm not the sure other, because he won yeah. the. And the other thing is, it's what it connects to in terms of your memories as well. So Dylan yeah. talks about Utopia. I used to go to Utopia all the time, never on a Tuesday night. So I never kind of went when the Reddit players were there. But I used to go there a lot. I used to go to all of those nightclubs that Dylan mentioned. So I was watching that fantastic team with with Dylan and Shaka Hislop and Darius Dovchek and Michael Jilks and, you know, Jimmy Quinn, Stuart Lovell, all of those guys. And then I was also, that time in my life, I was, you know, yeah. going, going out. We used to go out on a Friday night in, into Reading. We used to go to Chicago's every Friday night. Um, we'd go to Utopia on a Saturday night, maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just part of your, you know, watching Reading was a part of um, fond, one of the fond memories going back to happy times in, in your life. And, and Reading was part of that. So yeah. it's sort of those players that you remember kind of connect you back to those times in your life. A bit like Dylan talks about, you know, when he was always on the dance floor and, and stuff like that. And I, and I remember, I was a bit like me. Um, you know, I remember like when I, I catch up, I've got a friend who I used to go to school with and, uh, you know, we we say, oh, do you remember when we went to this nightclub and, you know, there's uh, there was one in Maidenhead that we used to go to as well a lot. And yeah, and and a lot of those places don't, don't even exist. Washington Heights and Sloppy Joe's. Sloppy Joe's is a building site now by the station. I saw it last week. Um, the, the the little nightclub where you come out of Reading Station and all you could see it was like the the size of what looked like a large um, uh, letterbox and that was like the front door and then you went down some stairs and it was underground and yeah. uh, I did a bit of, I think I did a bit of DJing down there as well so this is all connected to not just the football but happy times in your life anyway I kind of elaborated yeah, that's true. on that. Point. And I, you know, I, I was only I lived in Reading until I was sort of five, seven, six yeah. years of age, and I moved around a lot because of family life. And but I always had that connection. Still have that connection yeah. now. And you know, th- those things never change. And you know, you look back and you know, through some tough times and different times. And you know, I remember playing as a kid. You know, you do at school. I had the Commodore sixty four, and I was playing football manager with the chap, the eighty six team. Trevor Seen yeah. was, you know, and the, you know, it was. It, you know, just looking at the the top three. So Dylan Kerr at number three at left back, 
And then imagine if you had Trevor Senior up front, um, Steve Death in goal, Robin Friday playing alongside Trevor Senior, Michael Jilks. Not bad five-a-side team, is it? Not not bad. You'd get a few goals from that team, wouldn't you? <laughs> Can you imagine? And a good night out. Can you imagine Robin Friday and Dylan Curran on a night out? I feel sorry for Dylan, I have to say, for the first time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So the top the top three, Dylan Kerr was was number three for both of us. Um Trevor Senior number two for me. Michael Jilks was my number one. And Johnny, you had um Robin Friday and Steve Death as your top two. Yeah. Didn't you? yeah. Happy so, times. So enjoyed that, Johnny. Thanks for that. That's a good time going back in memory lane. That's it. Yeah. So that's kind of what the podcast is all about, really. Um and sometimes we actually we've had quite a lot of those players on the podcast, haven't we? Kevin Bremner, Martin Hicks. Yeah, yeah, Trevor some good Peter. memories. Lucky yeah. to hear them talk, really. Amy Curitan, Adam LaFondra, the list goes on. Shaka Hislop. Yeah. Um, when when I invite Shaka Hislop back on, I'll tell him that, that he wasn't in your... Thanks for that. 25. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's a good job we had Marcus Hanneman on already, wasn't it, really? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, look, that's it for our top 25 Reading players. <laughs> and over the next week or so, we'll be continuing our Reading FC Top 100 series by revealing our 10 favourite games, our five favourite seasons, five managers and five influential people in Reading's history. So looking forward to all of that. And a reminder that on uh, tomorrow evening's episode, it's our 106th episode. And we'll be looking back on the 106 season. And then on Sunday, we'll be doing a special episode to mark the 40th anniversary of the proposed merger with Oxford United. And that is available from 10am on Sunday. Sports Social Podcast Network.